Uh, it had been an interesting life, born in Hungary, brought out when he was right after the war, when he was about four years old. And then he, at different points of his life, he'd been a systems analyst with IBM, a sculptor. Uh, and then he was uh, a, what he called a Buddhist hippie farmer in uh, northern New South Wales in Australia, where he still is. And uh, that could have gone on happily for the rest of his life, he assumed. But they learned that the, one of the last remaining stands of old-growth forest was slated to be logged. And it, the logging companies, the timber company, was proceeding without waiting for an environmental impact statement. That happens, you know. And uh, so uh, he and his, I wish I could say it, mates or mites. <laughs> but at any rate, he and his buddies, uh, men and women, uh, decided that uh, they would need to hold off the uh, loggers while the lawyers were pushing through an injunction down in the provincial capital of Sydney. Uh, to uh, that they can't log until an environmental impact statement had been made. So uh, they, uh, but the, the loggers are starting, and they, uh, so they, um, it was literally a holding action just to buy time. And what uh, he and his friends did uh, was to stand in front of the trees. So he described this to me. Actually, they won the day because he was able to take me in, uh, you know, about six, seven years later and uh, show me this gorgeous uh, old-growth forest with one of those pieces of Gondwana land that we still remember, the few that's still remaining with its multi-storied canopy. And it's a, a, a good... Old-growth forest is noisy with the calls of the birds and the splashing of the water and, uh, and the sun uh, dazzling through in streams and of light. And uh, he described uh, what had changed his life, a, a kind of epiphany. Uh, they'd gone in to uh, save these trees and he said, it was just, what a scene. The uh, chainsaws, the grappling hooks, the bulldozers, and the police, and the paddy wagons, and the bullhorns of the police. And, and there they were, not that many, just standing. Uh, no defenses, nothing to protect themselves, just standing with their bodies, putting their bodies in front of the uh, trees. And, um, and it was at that moment that <coughs> he suddenly realized who he was. And as he puts it, I, I realized I'm not John Seed protecting the rainforest. I am the rainforest protecting herself through this little piece of humanity that I have 
centuries back, nurtured into existence. That's what he got. And you could see that it would change his life. And you could see that it would change everything. That you're not doing it out of your own <clears throat> might or out of your own smartness or your own nobility or your own piety or your own strategies. That you are allowing this greater uh, power to work through you. That you are the rainforest. So he, in terms of the dimensions of the great turning, he came in at the holding action and he, just to, to save that force, and came out in a shift in consciousness that changed his life and all the many people with whom he's worked since then. And together we invented the Council of All Beings and he's just had a big action in India where he saved Elephants whose uh, watering hole, whose path was threatened by uh, some industrial development. So he works a lot with the Internet. He's a genius at that. At any rate, uh, that moves me greatly to think that what had been in centuries past, the domain of... The mystic, or somebody's the poet, to see the oneness with creation, now happens for activists who are defending creation. That uh, somehow that which they're defending, as if they're defending their life, suddenly claims them and tells them, this is what you really are that that on which you act in, defense, in their defense for the protection, for the salvation, for the, that is, tells you how huge you really are. I've seen this again and again. It happens particularly when you're taking a risk, when you're going beyond your own strength. When you don't really wonder from how am I going to do this? And then that, and it is, as you see, life changing, and perhaps it's happened to you. I'd be all surprised. Or it can happen to us in stages. Our whole, you can see our whole life at this amazing time when it's like the ongoingness of life puts itself in our hands, and then when we act for it, we make this incredible discovery that we need to make. It's almost like our life could be a journey toward that knowing of our true nature. So uh, that story, as you can see, is very important to me, and some of you have heard me tell it more than once. I tell it because we're going to do a simple little walking meditation uh, with the same goal in mind. Um, so uh, I will demonstrate. We're going to uh, pair up and then go outside. And uh, 
one person in the pair will uh, be the guide while the other closes his eyes. And then halfway through, you change roles. And you'll change roles when you hear the gong. You can hear that pretty far, can't you? (laughs) I'm going to ring it. And um, so it's like the old trust walk. Uh, You... um, And it is held in silence. So I will uh, demonstrate with... Would you demonstrate, Louise, with me? Have you done it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, let's say... So I'm the first guide. And we're outside. You pair up outside. And... Uh, we're not going to blindfold you. You're just going to keep your eyes closed because you want to. (laughs) And I'm going to uh, uh, take her arm, and we're going to... Oh, that's good. Yeah, thank you. Why did I think that? (laughs) Okay. And so I'll walk in and just guide out of obstacles. That's right. Might say, step down. Right up there. And uh, so what is happening for the guided one is uh, here our mindfulness practice kicks in gorgeously because with the dominant sense closed, then the hearing, then the smelling, Uh, all becomes the uh, texture, touch, breeze on the face, the movement, the feelings. I hope she knows what she's doing. Or what... (laughs) Fearful feelings. She's going to run me into a tree. Or... She's going to take me into the grass where there are ticks. <laughs> I said, we better wear shoes. <laughs> yes, and better stay out of the grasses. What do you think? Please, with me anyway. <laughs> okay, but there's wonderful, wonderful places to go. So I, as guide, have the... Uh, feeling that I'm uh, like introducing uh, the world to her, to her, to the world. And I might uh, pick up some leaves and then, oh, you feel the texture of them mm-hmm. and you'll want to smell them. But I'm not saying anything. That's our world. And then I take her and guide her and I might bring her to a... Uh, tree and I might put her hands on the trunk Mm. or the branch so I let her be in conversation with the tree again with all the senses open except the uh, sight 
or I might bring her to a, uh, some wildlife and let her feel it. <laughs> yeah, wondering oh, what it is. And you will be doing this for about, for about uh, 15 minutes. And about six times, five or six times during this experience, I will uh, think of something that I really want her to see. And I will aim her head. It'll be at some clouds or real close to the bark of a tree or a blossom. And I will say, it's the only time you speak. Open your eyes and look in the mirror. Mm. And she sees Earth as herself, which is the epiphany we get to have in being alive now in this time of danger and change. Mm. Is that not so? Thank you. That's wonderful. So, um, are there any questions about that? I didn't understand that last part. All right, so uh, open your eyes and look in the mirror as if what you're seeing is yourself. Look into this world as if seeing your larger body. Yes. So it's a, like you're a camera then, or a open, and it's very um, vivid and wondrous. You can see. Because we take so much for granted. We cloak everything with a kind of veil or scum of familiarity that we take it for granted. But here we're just, oh. Lynn. Only when we tell them to. Or you could have them, you'll know what to, you're going to have so much fun. But to feel something, smell something, or look at something, and then say, open your eyes. See who you really are. Or see, uh, yeah. That's it? All right. Who do you want to walk with? What? Oh. Did you say we switch when we hear the gong? Yes. So you will pair up now. Uh, just, just pair up. It doesn't matter who. Just as long as they're alive and ambulatory. <laughs> and, and then uh, you'll begin when you're outside, on either front or back. Anything I should remember to say? We have don't a, have a good time. Have a good time, and then uh, don't come back here. Just uh, head on to lunch. I'll ring at the after fifteen minutes. <laughs>